GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Come with me if you want to live. episode of the last action podcast i am lpj and i am joined by a man who crushes all of his lovers between his incredibly powerful thighs hovercraft joe nope i ain't got nothing (laughs) Uh, as you can tell from our opening it is a james bond day for us we couldn't possibly cover a james bond movie Without Craig WK, it it the contract continues. Uh, I'll I'll be incredibly offended the moment I see one of your episodes pop up and it's a Bond movie and I wasn't invited. <laughs> well, it's funny too because uh, after our last recording session, I was like, "Hey, we should do a Bond movie." You know, it's been a while. I wanted to go, and we were like, "Well, if you know, if Craig's available, I don't know." And LBJ's like, "He'll be available." Like, I barely like turned off my computer and it was like, "Craig's in." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he'll be in. Before before LPJ was even able to uh, message me, he had already gotten a response from me that said, yes, I'll be on your James Bond episode. He was like, what? Well, yeah, well, it's good you're here because we are down a uh, a Bond boy. Um, no more Sphinx. Uh, LPJ is delighting in the fact that that gift that he posted on the uh, the Discord of you uh, taking out Sphinx. Uh, he talked about it a lot last episode. So I... Well, first off, uh, that was one of my favorite moments in my life because that happened for real. Uh, but but some of your fans might think like, wow, it's it's crazy that, uh, you know, Craig snapped Sphinx's neck. Uh, but I'll have everyone know that he didn't actually die from that. Uh, I presume he died when I left him behind in a chemical weapon plant and blew it up three minutes early. But he had been shot before, so I'm sure Sphinx is gone forever. Yeah. Oh man, I got I got a lot of thoughts about that about Sean Beam. Um, yeah, but yeah, and we were gonna try. We were gonna bring uh, uh, um, uh, Tush on, uh, but uh, he is seeing Metallica tonight, so apparently he was too good for our podcast. What but anyways, <laughs> but that's okay because he would talk about how great the Bond song is just because it was written by Bono in the Edge, and he loves you too. But we are here to talk about Goldeneye. <laughs> Uh, I, which is kind of, um, I'm a little surprised that we hadn't covered this one already. Um, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Well, here's, here's, here's what I'm thinking. Uh, because we've covered one from every bond at this point, right? Yes, we have. Yeah. Uh, but, in, but I think when we did die another day, we purposely, cause remember we were doing like our best bond movies and our worst, I, I think we wanted to do a bad Bond movie, but we also did Thunderball, so who knows what we were thinking. And that notoriously isn't necessarily a great Bond movie. Um, we were feeling aquatic. 
<laughs> but I think that's why we picked Die Another Day, because we were like, we definitely want to do a, a universally terrible one. But yes, it's taken us a while to get to this one. And, you know, we're, we're going to talk a lot about it. But I, I, I kind of forgotten how genuinely good this movie well, is. Well, not only that, and arguably, I would say for people our age of our general era, this is the most important Bond movie to us. It's the first one I saw in theaters. Like, I know we're, we're going to talk. Okay. Well, not only guess, that, but that plus the video game. I think mm. those two things combined make this really the, this is, this is, this is the Bond film of our generation, I think. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, and, and to show you the reach of the video game, when I was, when I was trying to find the release date of the film, I was like, GoldenEye release date. And the first thing that came up was the video game. I'm like, no, I'm like GoldenEye movie release date. Uh, it was released November 13th, 1995. Um, yeah. And like I was saying, this is definitely the first Bond movie I saw in the theaters. And I have a very specific memory of me, LPJ and our friend Jeff uh, skipping a marching band parade practice yep. to go up to, uh, <laughs> to go up to Wonderland mall and see this, uh at uh at the amc there so yep. yeah and i and i i have seen it a number of times but honestly um it's so weird like bond movies i i feel like i watch so chaotically now because it's like i've seen all of them probably twice but like very rarely these days do i'm like i'm gonna sit down and watch a bond movie you know but i'll like put put one on and watch like bits and pieces of them or you know like but i feel like i never sit down these days and like unless it's a new one or it's for the podcast so it had been years since i sat down and watched this movie from start to finish so um i don't know lpj if anything to add no, I, no, you're right. I mean, this is, I vividly remember seeing this movie, I, I especially the opening and thinking to myself, this is the coolest opening of any of the Bond films I had seen. It's a really good, a great one. And, and I um, remember uh, all, like all yeah. the, like after I finished watching it, I went and pulled up on YouTube, like the trailers and stuff. And like, I remember the trailers for yeah. this, like are burned in my like memory, you know, just cause it was, you know. But yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's huge. It, yeah. It, and I remember, you know, I own this on VHS. Um, I don't own it on DVD, but uh, I definitely own it on VHS. Uh, I have a digital copy of it, actually, too. Um, oh, stop flexing so much. No, I'm just, what I'm saying is, like, uh, I'm really good at collecting good movies, and this is one of the good ones, and I'm good at it because I'm the best. Gotcha. Uh, so, uh, Craig, what about you and Goldeneye? I'm going to level with it, you guys. Uh, I, I've never actually watched the movie, but I did watch a <laughs> speed run of the game before this recording, so I, I think I got the gist of it. Oh, okay. Probably the same. Uh, honestly, the, the, it's the same answer for like all of the times I'm on these Bond episodes. It's me and my buddy Andy got into Bond. We watched it, and, uh, uh, and, and this one is a big deal because, like you said, the video game, that's what got us into Bond. And so when this game came out in 97, what, uh, 97 August, I think. I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think August of 97, uh, within about a month, probably about by my like birthday in September, uh, we would have been renting all the movies. And so, yeah, it, like the, it, this, this is probably the, the most important Bond movie to me, even if it's not my favorite, though it is a really good one. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you as far as it being important, because, I mean, th like I said, you know, this is the first one that I actually, like, 
didn't see on TV or whatever, like actually was yeah. at the theaters and saw, you know, I've seen all the subsequent ones in the theaters, but this was the first one. Uh, and it, it, it's such an, it, it's such an interesting, like rewatching it and just knowing like the trajectory of the Pierce Brosnan Bond movies. And, and it's just so weird that this seems so different from all of his other movies. Yeah. And I guess like, and, and I know we'll talk about it a little bit more, but I guess, cause it's like, they originally not necessarily this specific incarnation of the movie, but in general, it was like they were thinking it was going to be another Timothy Dalton Bond movie, you know? So I think that a lot of that kind of hangs over as far as like the more serious tone of this movie, as opposed to when you get into more of the other Pierce Brosnan, which I think are, you know, not quite Roger Moore territory, but they're obviously a more of a kind of a cheeky, you know, like, humorous tone in some of them as opposed to this one which i think is uh, way more of a serious bond movie you know this one yeah it's fairly dark it's it's even uh i've noticed like uh, like upon watch like rewatches that it's like kind of aesthetically dark like there's a lot oh, yeah. of scenes that are just really really like dark like the 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 bunker after like the satellite blows up and stuff uh it, there's just a lot of scenes like that that are just really really dark I think what separates this movie from the other Brosnan ones is this movie feels like it has a step. It has one foot in the past still where all of the other bond, all the other Brosnan movies are trying too hard to be two steps into the future. You know what I mean? Like this one still feels like a throwback to the eighties kind of action movies. Whereas the other ones feel like they're trying to push the envelope and, and hit, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for trying to be ultra modern versus grounded like this one is it also the other thing to consider is that you know his antagonists are very deeply rooted in like soviet era russia yeah you know so you have a lot of cold war hangover stuff despite the fact that this movie was made at a time when the soviet <laughs> union is no more Yep. Well, and I, and I think it's, I mean, you know, we're going to talk about, it, but this movie's helped by just having just like a top notch Bond villain with like a great like connection and like mm -hmm. a great actor playing them. And like, you know, for, for as far as Bond movie mot villain motivations go, like motivations that you're like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, like he doesn't feel like a, he doesn't feel like a one off comic book villain like right. a lot of mm -hmm. the Bond villains do. Yeah, he, except for he, except for when he screams really loud when he falls and hits, well, and, and so somehow falls all that distance and is still alive. <laughs> He's a tough guy, man. He he survived the uh, chemical plant exploding. What what makes yeah. you think a fall is gonna kill him? Uh, I have questions about the chemical plant, him surviving. But um, okay, so this movie costs sixty million dollars. Uh, it has a domestic gross of one hundred and six and a worldwide of three hundred and fifty six million. Um, it's Rotten Tomatoes is 80% and it's audience scores 83%. And I would, the, the, the fans would kill me if I didn't mention that that 80% is much higher than the 9% that Beverly Hills Cop 3 got, uh, with 9%. So I almost yep. skipped over that. Um, okay. Top grossing movies of 1995. Number one is Toy Story. Uh, number two is a movie that we've covered on this podcast, Batman Forever. And number three is Apollo 13. Uh, this movie, GoldenEye, comes in six in the domestic box office. Other movies that we have covered from 1995. Uh, this is going to blow LBJ's mind with the uh, 
with the reveal last episode that I pull all these from memory and I don't have a list of the actual movies we've covered. <laughs> so other movies that we've covered from 1995 are number 10, Die Hard with a Vengeance, number 22, Mortal Kombat, number 25, Heat, number 27, Bad Boys, number 45, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, number 52, Judge Dredd, number 66, Desperado, and number 81, Sudden Death. So 95, a big year for the last action podcast. Mortal Kombat was fairly recently, so uh, yeah. A few episodes ago. A few episodes ago. Oh, okay. Uh... Let's talk about the cast. Uh, we mentioned Pierce Brosnan. What, I, I, without like maybe, you know, not like really digging into it, but just like in general, how do you feel about Pierce Brosnan as James Bond? I like him as James Bond. Like I, I think he's a good James Bond in bad movies. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think he, I really enjoy his take on it. Yeah, I. I, I would agree. I think Pierce Brosnan is a really good James Bond. Uh, there, you know, when I was younger, I think I probably would have been like, oh, well, Sean Connery was the best. He was the first, blah, blah, blah. But uh, honestly, I I think Pierce Brosnan might be one of the better Bonds. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I really went through a range of emotions there, guys. Okay, so Pierce Brosnan in this movie, we mentioned Sean Bean, uh, Famke Jansen, uh, Judy Dench, uh, Jodan Baker, Alan Cumming, uh, Robbie Coltrane. Uh, anyone else that I missed that you want to mention? Come on, uh, Jackie Cario? Huh? Jackie Cario. But he's, he's Michigan. You know what Jackie huh? Cario is? He's in The Patriot? Clearly, I don't know who it is. <laughs> Alan Cumming. Uh, Mini Driver. <laughs> yeah, I did not realize Mini Driver was in this. And then I literally, in my notes, is like, is that Mini Driver? <laughs> I uh, uh, I think it's uh, 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 important that we shout out uh, Desmond Llewellyn, yeah. who's still playing Q. Yeah. Did you see how big his hands were in this? He was clearly having some issues with hypertension because his hands were gigantic. You mean he grabbed that sandwich? Uh-huh. <laughs> the sub sandwich looked <laughs> like a time... uh, club sandwich because his hands were so big. The next time you watch this movie, look at the size of his hands. They are hugely swollen. That's that's my lunch, Bond. I have some big <laughs> issues with like the five-minute scene explaining the car that he doesn't use for anything at all in the movie. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> it's got stinger missiles. Don't worry, you're not going to need to use them. Uh, anyways, um, okay. Uh, did you guys uh, want to do some net wars? I mean, we don't have to. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, sure. let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> First off, we got Judy Dench. Uh, oh, she's got that sweet, sweet Skyfall money. I really can't think of anything else she's been in. Uh, Craig, what do you think about for Judy Dench? She's got that Sweet, sweet, uh, uh, Specter Buddy. Uh, what, what? I don't know what the hell else she's been in. I know it's pretty bad. Like she's probably been in like a million things, and I'm like, I'll shoot some Bond movies. I I have no doubts that she's in probably a hell of a lot of really important like British films and stuff. Yeah, but I I just don't know off the top of my head what else she's been in. So I don't know. Um. 
10 million. Okay. What do you think, uh, LPJ? She's got that sweet, sweet. Uh, I'm sure she's been in a million Shakespeare things. <laughs> uh, I'll go. I'm going to go 30 million. $45 million for Dame oh. Judy Dench. Uh, next up, Fomka Jansen. She's got that sweet, sweet X-Men, the last stand money, which we will cover at some point on the podcast. What do you think, LBJ, for Fomka Jansen? She's got that sweet, sweet taken money. Oh. Um, I'm going to go I'll go $50 million for her. Okay. What do you think, Craig? She's got that sweet, sweet a uh, awoke strange feelings in me as a child money uh i don't know uh 20 million uh oh you sorry you know what's funny yes that's correct oh well right on the button 20 million dollars oh, seriously yeah 20 million i'm oh, sorry I, I got i got confused uh, i was looking at someone else uh okay sean is that the first time you think you've gotten a net worth right on the button I think it is. I don't think I've ever gotten it on the button before. Well, there you go. Uh, next up, Sean Bean. He's got that sweet, sweet Fellowship of the Ring money. What do you think, uh, Craig, for Sean Bean? Ah, Sean Bean. He's got that sweet, sweet Game of Thrones in one episode money. Uh, shoot, I don't know. Uh, uh, $45 million. Okay. What do you think, LPJ? He's got that sweet, sweet movie we've covered on the podcast, National Treasure Money. <laughs> oh, dang. You're right. Uh, $12 million. $20 million for Sean Bean. And that's why I was thrown for a minute, because like they both have $20 million, so I was oh. like, <laughs> And then I almost gave it away. Uh, and finally, Pierce Brosnan. He's got that sweet, sweet Mrs. Doubtfire money. <laughs> That's what you were going with. It was a run by fruiting. Uh, what do you think, uh, Craig, for Pierce Brosnan? Pierce Brosnan's got that sweet, sweet... Oh, God, what was that uh, movie he was in uh, about Hong Kong? <laughs> Shoot, I don't remember. Uh, anyway, I'm going to guess, like, I don't know, $75 million? Okay. <laughs> what was that movie he was in about Hong Kong? <laughs> It's my favorite question. <laughs> what was it? I don't remember. Was it uh was it Tomorrow Never Dies? I feel like part of that took place in Hong Kong. Uh well no, it wasn't a Bond movie. It was something from before oh. his uh tenure as Bond. And I might be getting the actor wrong. Oh. All right. Well, LBJ, what do you think for Pierce Browson? He's got the sweet, sweet lawnmower man money. Um you could have Black used Adam, Black Adam money. Or that sweet, sweet Thomas Crown affair Thomas money. Thomas Crown affair money. Uh, I'm gonna go thirty-five million. Wow, you guys are low-balling Pierce Brosnan. He's got two hundred million dollars. Oh wow! wow. Good for yeah. Pierce Brosnan. Good oh, for Pierce. Yeah. yeah, you get a lot of money for getting run by fruited. Uh, <laughs> is that how you say that? I don't know. Uh, uh, LBJ, what do you got for like directors, writers, music, that kind of stuff? Uh, it was directed by Martin Campbell, who uh, has done a couple different Bond movies, uh, and unfortunately, the Green Lantern movie. <laughs> uh, this was written by about a million different people, and I'm not going to mention any of them. Um, music is by um, Eric Sarah. I don't know who that guy is. He uh, 
does music. Um, but kind of the big thing here is uh, the main title theme, uh, which was written by Bono and The Edge of U2 and uh, sung by uh, Tina Turner. And it's uh, it's just called Goldeneye, guys. So we'll play a little bit, uh, a little bit here. See reflections on the water More than darkness in the depths See him surface and every shadow On the wind I feel his breath Golden eye, I found his weakness Golden eye, he'll do what I please Golden eye sweetness, but a bitter kiss will bring him to his knees. You'll never know how I watched you from the shadows as a child. All right. Kind of weird lyrics, um, but uh, but a good song. I enjoy the song. I, I like it. I have no problems with it. I know um, somebody here hates it. I don't hate it. I just... I, I just... I think it's middle of the road. I, I don't think it's a great Bond theme, and I don't think it's a terrible one. I think it's it's fine. Uh, the Tush loves it. He was like, he's like, it's easily the best Brosnan theme. I'm like, okay, that's a low bar. It <laughs> it's low a bar. low bar but to he's reach. Not wrong to be the best. Well, yeah, but like, what are the other? The Sheryl Crow one, the garbage one, and uh, the- hold up, the garbage one is a phenomenal song. <laughs> and the the Madonna one, I know that Craig yeah. loves that one. <laughs> it, well, first off, that is a guilty pleasure. I'm willing to admit <laughs> to that. Uh, and I, but I would not say that "Die Another Day" is the the best Brosnan theme. Of course, it's the worst. I, uh, but yeah, the garbage one is the best. <laughs> I feel like maybe I just haven't listened to a lot of the Brosnan. Like it's, yeah, it's, I, you know what? The garbage one is really good. Maybe oh, yeah. I just maybe I need to give them all a, a re-listen. But uh, but yeah, no, I don't. I don't hate. I think it's fine. Uh, I think it's you know I, I I like that it tries to. I don't know. I feel like sometimes Bond themes try and not be a Bond theme or do something too little, too different. It doesn't work. But I feel like that this seems like a classic kind of Bond theme, especially with. Tina Turner singing it. So. In the horns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Taglines for uh, GoldenEye. You got, nobody does it like Bond. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got, you know the name. You know the number. All right. I then you got. use that for other Bond movies. <laughs> yeah, I do love. Then they got, no limits, no fears, no substitutions. I think that was uh, written across one of my trapper keepers as a, tra- <laughs> as a child. Ooh, nice trapper keeper drop. I love a I love a good trapper griefer. <laughs> yep, <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> you sure do. Trapper keeper. Um, when the world is the target and the threat is real, you can still depend on one man. And then there's just there is no substitute. Were there a lot of like fake Bond movies going out or something? Uh, um, I don't think so. Well, and and I think it's important to note that like that this still I think to date is the longest gap in between Bond movies coming out, in between License to Kill and this coming out. It was like five or six years because there was a lot of like rigmarole going on about the rights and stuff like that to the to the character. Um, it is in as so much as that it was supposed to be, uh, and we talked about it maybe a little bit. It was originally still going to be a Timothy Dalton one, 
and, and there's a lot you can find online. I won't get into too much, but you can find uh, you know a number of videos and stuff where you can watch where they talk about all the stuff uh, that was planned for the third Timothy Dalton one. Uh, a lot of the ideas ended up getting like recycled into various movies down the road. Um, but it was like, it, it, and it was such like a gap that they 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 were going to bring uh, Timothy Dalton back, but it had been like five years. And he had like one movie left in his contract and they were like, well, you can't just come back for one. You got to do like five more if you're coming back. And he was like, no, peace out. I'm, I, he's like, I don't want to be James Bond for the rest of my life. So that's why they ended up getting uh, Brosnan in for this one. But it is pretty interesting. Like I said, I, I would seek out if you're in, you know, one of those videos are easy enough to find on YouTube that kind of go through all the, it had like the tentatively titled property of a lady, which sounds really lame, but I guess that was the name of a Ian Fleming short story. Um, but anyways, they wanted Anthony Hopkins to be the villain, you know, stuff like that. So, um, but anyways, yeah. So I think that's maybe why there's a lot of a lot of the promotional stuff is like you know Bond or you know no substitutions and because mm-hmm. it had been such a long time since he had a movie out. So, man, can you imagine if we basically just got Silence of the Lambs with James Bond with Anthony Hopkins as <laughs> like a uh, you know like criminal that was trapped in prison and he had to deal with them? Like that'd be great. Well, that, and that's the crazy thing too, is because I think like the uh, it would have come out before Silence of the Lambs. I think because like if the if the timeline of when like they wanted the the movie to be made, I, I can't remember exactly when License to Kill came out, but I feel like it was like eighty eight or something, maybe yeah. eighty eight, uh, eighty nine, uh, eighty nine. Uh, yeah, and Silence of the Lambs is what like ninety one, I think maybe. Oh, I want to say it was late eighties. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, it could be. No, I could be crazy, not you. I mean, we all could be crazy, let's be honest. Somebody right now is listening, and they're like, curse you guys for not knowing when Silence of the Lambs came out. 91, I was wrong. 91, okay. So basically, he he didn't make a Bond movie. He made Silence of the Lambs and yeah. went on to be like the most iconic uh, role in his career. So, I mean, it's like, for the best for his career, I guess. But like, <laughs> man, how cool would it have been to have him as a Bond villain? Yeah, he would have. He would have been a good Bond villain. So um, hey, he's not dead yet. That's true. I don't. There's still I mean, time. There's still I would, time. It, and listen, he was in that like fifth Transformers movie, so it's definitely not above him. Right. That's <laughs> dude needs, yeah. Dude 100%. needs a paycheck. Um. So yeah. Um. Anything else specifically that you guys want to talk about as far as like uh, the making of the background before we get into like the plot of uh, the movie? Hmm. No, I got nothing. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's uh, only one thing about the movie that I, I like to shout out, and that's that uh, uh, if you're the type of person who watches this movie and complains that someone else watching the movie is being odd job and crouching, they're not cheating. They're just playing the game. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Slappers only, baby. Slappers only. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, and, and, and like you said, LPJ, this starts off with, like, such a good cold open. Like, this this opening scene is, I, dare I say, one of the best of all the Bond franchise. It's, I think uh, so. You start, you know, it's like it's a damn uh, Bond. <laughs> Bungie jumps off the side of it, uh, but, like, stops himself from bungeeing by, like, shooting a, shooting a, like like a, a grappling gun. It's like a grappling hook, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, he's sneaking into this chemical weapons facility in the USSR. 
Um, uh, I don't, I don't know how, like, listen, I know sometimes people get wrapped into taking shits, but I don't know how that dude didn't notice that Bond was hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he said, what's he say? He's like, thank you, pun, forgot the knock. And he's like, really? You didn't hear him come down from the ceiling? Uh, listen, for some people, it's a restroom. For that guy, <laughs> that guy was fighting for his life. That was no restroom to that man. He could not focus on the vents rattling. <laughs> uh, it is funny. I mean, it, it, we talked about the game, but like, how often do you like now when I wa- watch the movie? I'm like, oh, I remember this level in the game. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, even like the music, the little like um, almost like what do you like the little pings they have? I can't think. Dun, of the... dun. Yeah, yeah, like it, it's it's so ingrained in my, in my head. Yeah, so we. <laughs> I mean, we play this game nonstop. Yeah. Honestly, uh, uh, I will say when you when you when I go through the movie now, I get disappointed that it's not the N64 soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we're introduced to uh, Sean Bean, who's playing Alec Trevelyan, who is 006. Uh, they're on this mission together. Their thing, they're like buddy catchphrases for England. They say that a well, bunch. Uh, he's Alec was undercover there, and. He was? Yeah, that was the whole crux of it is he was undercover in there to get information and then had to call in James to complete the mission. Like once he got everything he needed, he that's why he was already there in the building and didn't have to enter in. Where's that where's that information? Where where where, where was I supposed to get that information from? Not the movie. I don't remember where I read it at, but yeah, that was the that's kind of the thing. Like he's already there, he's already embedded. I mean it does make sense that he was already hanging out there waiting. Like, why wouldn't the agents have gone together? You know, they'd be safer. So, I mean, that makes sense. That adds I mean, up. Yeah, I guess it does make sense in as much as, like, also it's like, when does when do they ever send two double O agents on the same mission? Like, right. isn't that the whole thing that they operate independently? Mm-hmm. Like, um, anyways, so uh, the alarm goes off. They start setting charges on all the chemical weapons. Um 006 gets caught by General uh, Ormov, Orm- mm-hmm. who, this is where I get confused. Like, he shoots him, right? He shoots him. Oh, yeah. He shoots him, and then he's caught in the explosion, but then he's alive? <laughs> he's got some burns. Well, got some- <laughs> that's the thing. Um, oh, more of this, more of the backstory that LBJ filled in. Let's go. Well, no, what, what I'm thinking <laughs> is, they don't explain this, but my take on it is that uh, Alec is, has always been in league with Oromov, and that it okay. was the two of them kind of concocting this whole thing to fake his death. So they faked his death, and then they were like, nine years later, they were like, now. <laughs> right, gonna- like it took him that long to sort of build up the resources that they needed to enact this plan. Oh, the Giannis group. Right. All right. I mean, I guess, again, that makes sense. I mean, I think, I, I feel like you're doing a little bit of heavy lifting that the movie little. doesn't do <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> to explain some of this stuff. But, I, I mean, it doesn't not make sense. So, um, so Bond gets away. I love that. I love that scene. It's one of the things that always uh, sticks out of my mind where he's like, hiding behind the chemicals, like walking toward the thing. Uh-huh. And when he like, <laughs> yeah. when he like jumps on the conveyor belt and shoots and all the canisters come rolling down, like that's such a cool sequence. Uh, and then like, it leads into that sweet thing where he like 
catches up. I mean, it's ridiculous, but he drives the motorcycle off the uh, cliff so and like the top. and like glides into the airplane and then gets the airplane, stops it from crashing. Like it's so ridiculous, but it's so great. It's like such a such a, like a yep. classic Bond thing. Got, that was all practical effects too. They really did that. They really like someone's like hundred percent. Wait, are, you being, that, yeah. are you being serious? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. That might have been. I don't know. No, because what? I was how, on a roll. I thought maybe. But like, yeah, because like, how could how how did he make himself fall faster than the plane? You got the physics degree. When the plane, like, how would he catch up to the plane once I it was mean, already falling? Yeah, once they kind of hit terminal velocity, you hit terminal velocity. It's the same either way. So yeah, I, I don't think they would have caught it. It would have been, <laughs> excuse me. It would have been one of those things where maybe the plane's wings slowed it down, and because James was kind of in a dart position, he could streamline himself enough to get more speed. But still, uh, it, the math doesn't work. You okay. uh, what you guys didn't realize is that he's actually kicking his legs furiously as he falls, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's what gave him the speed boost. They're called air flippers. <laughs> Pay attention, 007. I've given you new air flippers. Um, so, okay. Yeah, so then the facility blows up, and then we go into the Bond song, which you've already heard. Uh, this title sequence is pretty tame. It's not like a lot of the other ones that they hide, like, nipples and stuff in it. Oh, I don't know. There's, hide. there's a little bit of nipple. Hide? Hide implies that, like, it's hard to see. There's some where it's pretty apparent. That's oh, yeah. true. Some of them, it's just straight-up naked women in the opening sequence. Um, but they're like, don't worry, it's rated PG. It's fine. <laughs> um, okay. It's art, so, guys. It's art. So um, we cut to nine years later. James is driving the, the classic Aston Martin um, with a lady sent there to evaluate him, I guess. Right. Like what, what is your guys understanding of the lady that's in the car with them? Yeah. She, she's sent there as like the MI sixes, like psychoanalyst or whatever. And she's supposed to be evaluating him and James isn't taking it seriously. Right. Uh, in as much as that, like he gets into a weird, like race flirt thing with Famke Jansen, where they almost kill like a, a thing of uh, bikers. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys know this, uh, but the only way James can get it up is by murdering people. Right? <laughs> that's just that's just science. I'm sorry. Well, uh, so they have their weird race flirt thing, uh, and then he ends up taking the evaluator to the bone zone, of course. Um, and then he goes to the casino, but like. Was he taking the evaluator to the casino, or like was he just like phoned her and then was like, "Okay, see ya," and then he went to the casino? I was kind of confused about. Oh, it was a, it was a straight up hit it and forget it situation. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so then he he's at the casino. He plays baccarat with a uh, Famke Jansen, which I still don't understand baccarat after seeing all these Bond movies. I do not get it nope. at all. I got nothing. I feel like uh, Sphinx. I think feel like Sphinx one time tried to explain it to us, and we're like, okay, whatever. It, I mean, it's not worth like getting into in this podcast, but yeah, it, it's it's not that complicated. It's okay. it's a little weird. Like you can just Google the rules and okay. figure it out. If we if we still made them, we'd make a uh, post credit scene with you just explaining the rules of the background. I also haven't played in a long time. Okay. 
Uh, I mean, it seems like it'd be kind of fun, but so they play uh, Baccarat. We learned that Famke Jansen's character name is Xena on a top. Great, great Bond girl name. <laughs> Just putting it all out, out there. Xena on a top. Um, so he gets the lowdown. Uh, I love that he takes the pictures and then he puts them in like a fax machine in the car. So <laughs> here's my question. Was he there specifically... Did he just happen to stumble upon Famke Jansen and think something was weird was going on? Or was he there on purpose on a mission to like, you know what I'm saying? Like, did he just stumble into this investigation or was he there? You know, I don't know if my question is making sense. Yeah. I imagine he was sent there. Um, It seems unlikely that he would have just stumbled upon it. Maybe it was during the course of uh, a different investigation. Like he was investigating something else and this is just a step in the way, a step on the way. Okay. I, I would, I wasn't sure. It wasn't clear to me, but right. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, so Famke Jansen gets the lowdown. She's an ex Soviet fighter pilot. Uh, she's hanging out with this Admiral who her whole thing is that she bangs guys to death because <laughs> she uses her massively powerful thighs to crush yeah. them during sex so Joe knows uh, a thing or two about that he does it's weird i had to watch it firsthand once it was disturbing you keep getting worse and worse why were you watching it i don't know i was it was right there in the middle of the uh all right uh, i'm not gonna lie if you sent me a uh pornhub link right now it was like this is joe fucking a dude to death i'd be like yeah yeah i'm clicking it absolutely it's a dude <laughs> Or a girl. I don't know. It's whatever you're into. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's fair. Fair enough. You know, I, Maybe I don't it's know. both. Who knows? It's true. You never know. You never know. I mean, I was just trying to get likes on Pornhub. Do you get likes on Pornhub? I don't know. Uh... <laughs> it's, it's a lot like Instagram. <laughs> I'm just going for as many likes as possible. Uh... <laughs> so then Bond, <laughs> Bond sneaks, above the, sneaks, sneaks aboard the yacht. He finds the dead admiral. Um, they're like, they make a big deal out of this stealth helicopter, the Tiger helicopter. Um, it, it, that's like whole Famke Janskin's whole thing is that she's getting access to steal the helicopter. Um, so they do. Uh, then I we have cut- a question about this. Okay. She straight up shoots the two pilots. Mm, yeah. On the flight deck. <laughs> yeah. Like people would have heard the gunshots. Uh, they were uh, so. Now, hold they on. Were so, there was a lot of people there. If you think back to GoldenEye and N64, throughout the yacht level, you're hearing the perpetual perpetual uh, whir of the like uh, motors of the boat. And I don't know that uh, anyone would have heard those gunshots. I think she. I think she gets a pass. All right. I agree. Fair enough. Fair I enough. agree. Um. So, so she she uh, and some dude they steal the helicopter. Then we cut to a space weapons control center in Severnaya. Severnaya, Severnaya in Russia. Um, we're introduced to uh, Natalia and Boris. Uh, my first note is, man, I really feel like someone needs to send Boris to HR. <laughs> he seems 100%. like he seems like he's a walking sexual harassment suit. Uh, I mean, it is Russia, but still. Um, he uh, he hacks into the U.S. Department of Justice, and this is one of those movies where it's like it's like on the cusp of like internet and all this stuff. Where it's like they don't really quite understand how computers right. work. 
it's like they know it's something, but they don't really know, you know, and he's like, I'm gonna send a spike, and he's like typing for like 10 minutes, and it's like spike sent. It's like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know? It's like it's before people understood everything about computers. Like we knew we had them and they could do stuff, but like I just think that it's I don't know. And there's like all his messages have like the weird like like pictures and stuff, like cartoons. Yeah, the weird, uh, uh, like street caricaturist picture. Yeah, oh, and all yeah. His, they're really goofy looking. And all his passwords are just like boobs and butts and stuff. Uh, <laughs> what a creep. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, the stealth helicopter shows up. Uh, Ormov and and Fomka Jansen get out, uh, and they're like, "Hey, we're doing a drill. We want like the activation stuff for Goldeneye." Uh, and so they get him out like this, like uh, like uh, Sega Game Gear and two keys, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no batteries, no batteries. Uh, and then, um, well, there weren't nearly enough batteries to run a Sega Game Gear. <laughs> I mean, come on, you had to buy stock in Duracell. And then, um, so then, Fomka Jansen and the general they kill everybody in the facility. Uh, except for uh, Natalia, because she was getting like a uh, cup of coffee. Um, so then uh, Bond, uh, as per usual, kind of does like sexually harasses Money Penny, and she's into it. But she's like, "Oh, I'm on a date." Blah blah blah. Uh, and we're also introduced to uh, Judy Dench playing M, which she would go on to play for a number of movies after this one. Like she would carry into the Daniel Craig eras. Oh yeah, yeah, she. M. Is she the longest running M? Oh, the oh. OG M might have lasted longer because he had gone from uh, 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 Sean Connery uh, all the way through Roger Moore uh, oh, and yeah. uh, feasibly. Uh, uh, I don't remember if he was also the one that was in the Timothy Dalton movies or not. Yeah, I guess I don't remember that either. Yeah. I, I I don't know, but she was, let, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Like seven movies. Yeah. It is a lot. Like she was, yeah. uh, and she did a really good job as M. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I appreciated her her line talking about how James Bond is a misogynistic like carryover of the Cold War, and his charms are wasted on her. And like, it's just like, ah, oh, that's fun. I I like that dynamic between the two. Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay, so the Goldeneye satellite fires uh, onto the facility. Uh, basically, it it, sh- it shoots out an electromagnetic pulse. That's what it does, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay. Uh, now, and, and... Oh, boy. Why the electromagnetic pulse also completely destroys the steel structure of the, of the satellite dish, I can't answer that. Well, isn't uh, that because the plane crashes into it? No, the whole thing, like, it, it doesn't, it, like, it, it creates sparks and, like, yes, the plane crashes into it, but... It creates a bunch of sparks and like sets everything on fire. Like an electromagnetic pulse is just going to make everything short out. It's not going to make it like shoot sparks everywhere. Now hold on, <laughs> hold on. If we think back to the game, Mega Man, <laughs> oh, when he shoots out an electromagnetic pulse, it blows up robots. I don't know what more you want, LPJ. You know what? <laughs> That's fair. You, you got me. You got me. Your your Mega Man logic. I can't argue with it. It's science, guys. It's science. <laughs> Robot science. Um. <laughs> so, uh, Bond uh, heads off to investigate this. Uh, there's some kind of connection between, I think, uh, 
maybe Famke Jansen and the the Giannis group. Giannis group is yep. that how they? Okay, so he goes to um, he goes to investigate in uh, Saint Petersburg. Um, the the general uh, uh, Ormov he talks to the defense secretary in uh, Saint Petersburg. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's like the, the GoldenEye satellite was set off by Serbian separatists. Um, that's like his cover story. Uh, but then they point out to him, they didn't know that Natalia like got away. And so they pointed out to him and he's like, Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, uh, becomes like a three stooges character. The moment that happens. No, so Bond goes to see Q and his enormous hands, um, huge, huge hands. Like his fingers are like long water balloons. It is the creepiest. He, <laughs> He gives him a, a, a pen that if you click three times, it arms like a grenade, and you have to click it three times to deactivate the grenade. Yes. Uh, and, and a watch that has like a cable that you can like, it fires like kind of like a, a tiny grappling hook. Yep. Yeah, and you can swing on the cable. And then he spends, again, I mentioned this, but he spends like five minutes talking about this car. Now it's got stinger missiles and all this stuff. And and then like he, he literally drives the car for like a uh, half a minute <laughs> in the movie. And I know it was like a product placement thing. Um, where like because it was a big deal and it was like a bmw so i know it's like bmw probably paid him a shitload of money but i just think oh, it's funny know. i just think it's funny that they spotlight and talk about this car and it's like oh man it's got missiles and then he literally doesn't do anything he gives the keys to joe don baker uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um uh which is by the way that was one of the I, it must have been in a trailer or something but i remember that line so vividly where joe don baker's like i'm just gonna go bomb around in it bombing around <laughs> Uh, uh, by the way, uh, on the subject of the gadgets, before we move on, am I the only one that when you're clicking a pen, you absolutely always think of Goldeneye? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Anytime uh, I click a pen, I'm just like, oh, I got to click it a few more times. I don't want it to blow up. <laughs> um, so Bond goes to Russia. He meets with Joe Don Baker, who is Jack Wade, who is um, his CIA contact. And like a lot of the stuff that I was reading was like, well, people assume that since Felix was injured, and that it's like I don't think they thought about it that much. I think they were just like, yeah, like we're gonna put Jodan Baker in it, and he's gonna play Jack Wade, and he works for the CIA, mm-hmm. and he would go on, he would go on to appear in the next movie too, right? Yes. Yeah, it, it is a shame. I I really like Felix Leiter. Uh, you know, his character was is always fun. He's buddies with Bond. Uh, not that uh uh, Jodan Baker's character is like terrible because he does have that like kind of juxtaposition with bond where they're like kind of opposites you know uh and i think that leads to some kind of you know charming moments or whatever but you know it is a shame that we don't get felix when he was a really big deal before and i'll be talking about him in just a few minutes but go on it's also a little strange like because jordan baker was the villain in like just two movies previous. What was it? Living Daylights, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's he's one of the villains in the Living Daylights. Um, he's the uh, Mad General, right? The Mad yes. General, yeah. And he yeah, has yeah, all yeah, those yeah. like metal, like tin soldier things set up, and that was like, that was a pretty cool setup. <laughs> um. So okay, yeah. So uh, Natalia emails Boris, uh, and Boris basically sets Natalia up to get captured by Famke Jansen. Um. Bond meets with uh, uh, Robbie Coltrane, a.k.a. Uh, Hagrid. 
Hagrid, yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Robbie Coltrane. Uh, and yeah, this is where they meet. And, like, they have some previous history where Bond, like, shot him in the leg back in the day. Uh, and this is where I have the note where I'm like, many drivers in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> So confused. Uh, so the, he plays Valentin. Uh, he wants Valentin to set him up with Giannis because they're both like arms dealers. Uh, and if, if I'm correct, am I correct in remembering that Robbie Coltrane shows up in another one of these? Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Think- uh, uh, yeah Valentin pops in in the, uh, the next movie. It's not the next one, though. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was. I thought he's in the, the world was not enough. Maybe this That's Oh, the next cool. one. The yeah. next one is Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, but Jack right. Wade's in Tomorrow Never Dies, I think. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, so he wants uh, Valentine to like set up a meeting with him and Giannis. Uh, he has a he has a a, a meetup with. Uh, he's like chilling in a pool, and like Famke Jansen comes there to like kind of they kind of have like a weird like fight kind of slash bone zone thing going on. <laughs> Where <was>, like lies, <laughs> and then. Um, so, but he's like, uh, he makes her drive him to Giannis. You got that great line that's in all the trailers where he's got the gun. And he's like, no more foreplay. <laughs> uh, and then I like that, like, he drives her there and he just like karate chops her in the back of the head and knocks her out. Slappers only. <laughs> uh, and that's when we're, um, we're introduced to uh, Sean Bean again. And he is Giannis at this point. Uh, and, and what's his whole, and, and maybe someone can explain it to me more his whole like backstory and good yes yeah so uh uh it turns out uh he reveals to james that he was the son of leanne's cossacks uh who had turned traitor in russia came to england and were like hey you gotta help us and england was like nah and so because he you know had the shame of like being a traitor and having nowhere to go i uh, uh, Trevelyan reveals that he shot his wife and then killed himself, uh, which is super dark and twisted. Uh, and then, I, uh, you know, so whereas James' parents died in like a climbing accident, and he was orphaned and was you know brought up by MI6 and trained into this soldier, I, uh, Trevelyan, when he learned the truth decided that that was super messed up and hated it and was going to get revenge on the English government. Yes. Oh, see, that was very, very succinct. Thank you. I was, I was like, Oh, I'm not going to be able to explain this part. Um, so yeah. So, uh, he knocks bond out. Uh, he wakes up and he's trapped in that helicopter with Natalia. She's a, she starts off a pretty annoying bond, uh, I mean, she is just screaming her head off at the she start. She remains an annoying Bond character. <laughs> You're not a fan. She's, she's she's she might be my least favorite Bond girl. Oh, uh, she's really? not. As, she's not as bad as the Bond girl. Do you remember how terrible the Bond girl in the Living Daylights is? Yeah, the, the cello right. player. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, the one in Diamonds Are Forever is pretty bad, from yeah. what I remember. Tanya uh, Roberts. Tanya Roberts sucks in uh, uh, View to a Kill. That's fair, but. Either way, Natalia is not great. Right. So, uh, oh, they, they lock- if in case you're curious, the actress that played her married a hockey player whose name is Marius Jerkowski. Oh, I, I wasn't curious, but thanks. No. <laughs> uh, uh, coincidentally, uh, coincidentally, that is also my uh, name on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to get them likes. Yeah, but just, uh, just Russian Pornhub, though. Oh, yeah, specifically. 
It's just him like sneaking up behind people and breaking their necks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shit's uh, not yo. <laughs> hey, everyone's I'm not gonna kink shame anybody. <laughs> um okay. So uh they trap him in the helicopter. Uh, and uh, they 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 shoot the missiles, and the missiles turn back, and they're gonna blow up the helicopter. And I like that they invented this uh, complicated death trap, but then they put the eject button right next to Bond's head. Right. So it's like, so his like whole plan to get out is he just goes boom, and he hits his head against the <laughs> eject button, and they they like the whole thing like they they eject out, and the helicopter blows up. And then they float down to the ground, but then they like immediately get captured again. <laughs> I so before we move on, there there's something I'd like to point out about Alec Trevelyan. He he's very upset with Bond that he was left to die, and he you know says like, "Oh, if you weren't such a loyal terrier, I'd ask you to join me in my machinations and all this stuff." I we're led to believe. That James and Alec were friends. Yeah. But I don't know that that's the case. Hear me out. Just (laughs) one movie before, James Bond's BFF, Felix Leiter, was maimed by the mob, and his wife had horrible things done to her and was killed. And James was like, no, no. Fuck this. And the English government was like, James, you gotta stop killing these people. Here, we're gonna revoke your license to kill. And he was like, When you get to hell, you tell him James sent you and went on a warpath to tell these guys. But he didn't do that for Alec Trevelyan. <laughs> I, you know what? You know, hearing you say that makes me be like, and I know LPJ doesn't like it. I like license to kill. Oh man, I like that one. I remember doing, one. I remember doing our classic, uh, talk about best and least favorite Bond movies, and LPJ said that uh, License to Kill was one of his least favorite, and he went on like a really long thing about why he didn't. And, like, my pull quote, I remember I posted on my social media, was like, I hear what you're saying, but he makes a semi-truck do a wheelie, so you're wrong. <laughs> that was it? Um, but also, like, it, and also to your point, like, in that scene, okay, a couple of things. One, he tells James, he's like, go. He's like, complete the mission. Don't say it. He also, presumably, he did set the charges early, but in James's mind, he's already shot, right? Like, right, he's already yeah. dead. So it's not like, if maybe if he thought that he was alive, he would have, like, tried to do something. or. But he's like, in his mind, he's already dead. So I don't know what 006's beef is so much about that, you know? You like, know what his beef is? His beef is, is that he saw James as a friend. James saw Alec as a coworker. <laughs> it's true. Oh man, oh man. I, oh, I just, I just want, uh, I just want to sit here and have Craig go through more of the plot of License to Kill. He did such a good job with it. I didn't even mention Wayne Newton. Um, oh God! Can we, so let's get past this, please. Okay, so they're recaptured uh, uh, by the like the defense minister. Uh, and he comes in to kind of like question him about what's going on. Uh, but then Ormov comes in and he kills the defense minister with Bond's gun. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I guess so we can blame him for it. But then Bond uh, gets out of the room and like, in like the probably the part of the movie that makes me think of the video game the most is oh, how, oh, many, yeah. how many Russians he mows down in that facility. <laughs> yes. 
it's like they cannot get there fast enough to get shot by James Bond in the scene. He goes on a war path. Yeah, he kills so many of them. Um, but then uh, Natalia like falls through a hole in the floor. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> and so Bond escapes using the the belt rope thing, uh, and then perhaps maybe not perhaps like this is such a cool sequence and like the start of it this chase scene where it's like like Ormov gets in the car and like you know he turns the corner and then he just like Bond just bust through that wall in the tank and they start playing the bond music and it's like it's such a cool sequence like logistically aside like i i mean like how does bond know how to drive a tank don't you need two people in a tank like there's a lot of questions but it's such a cool sequence when he's just chasing them through the streets of st petersburg and like just plowing through so much you know i don't know what it takes to drive a tank but we do have some military personnel that listen to the show if you could pipe in on Discord, let us know what the operating requirements are for a tank. We would appreciate it. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, we would greatly appreciate it. But also, uh, you're wrong. He's James motherfucking Bond. He doesn't <laughs> need your rules. Well, there's a, there's a couple of things, too, that I like. Uh, I, I love the sequence, mind you, but I'm going to rag on it a little bit. Because, like... Like he he runs through like a Perrier truck. He gets that statue stuck out of it. It's all this really cool. It's all this really cool stuff. But then like so they get to the train station and like Ormov and 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 they get like a Natalia on the train. First of all, James somehow like sneaks up at this giant tank and is like manages to beat them to the train tracks. Well, well, no, not even that. They're boarding the train and he kind of like pulls up like stealthily, like they don't see him. And it's like, okay, first of all, no. Second of all, the train, the the tank is spotless. Like, none of the stuff and debris is on it. Uh, yeah, but then he pulls off and somehow gets in front of this train and blocks their path uh, with the tank. And it's like, I don't, you know, like, I don't think that tank's going to beat the train anywhere. Okay, now, now the, the stealthiness of the tank, I will grant you, is really, really <laughs> stupid. That's super tough. That gets pristine and spotless. Doesn't make any sense. But trains take a hell of a lot of time to get moving. It's just a cut of a scene. I mean, if they had showed us in real time, it'd have been like 20 minutes of that train getting <laughs> moving. The tank absolutely could have beaten it anywhere. I don't know. <laughs> Again, also, military personnel that listen to the show. Let us know top speed of a train of top speed of a tank versus a train. Also, Hold on, it's not the top speed of the train; it's the start time. That's what I mean. To the yeah. the the you know the before it gets up. moving. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also, um, what, remember how like uh, Sean Bean is just like such immediately a creep on that train to Natalia. Yeah, it's he's so like, weird. Yeah. I think he's it's like, not a character. Yeah, it's, it's out of nowhere, and it's so gross. And he's like, me and Bond shared everything. And he's, like, trying to force her to kiss him and stuff. It's, like, it's so weird. I If I had to wager a guess, the writers probably were just, like, sitting there trying to think of, like, ways to make the audience hate Trevelyan. Like, like how can we make him seem more like a villain? And it's hack writing, but their first thought was, well, let's make him a sex offender. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, sure, we'll hate it, but it does make us feel uncomfortable and it does kind of shatter the character we've already kind of built of him so far. Yeah. Where he There's wasn't a lot of better ways to do harassing. it. Like, he could have, uh, like, put cigarettes out on her arm or, like, 
some or like you know physically hurt her in some way, and we would have hated him. Hell, honestly, he could have just been bad mouthing Bond the whole time. You know, he, yeah. he he didn't have to like be a creepy sexual offender. He didn't even right. have to physically harm her. He could have just been his typical puppet master machination villain. Yeah. And that'd have been fine. Yeah, it's it's very weird and kind of like it, it's just blah. I like that blah, it's ick. Like I don't know why it's in there. But uh so and, and then Bond blows the train off the tracks, right? Like he does. Doesn't he fire well, the gun or yeah, At least he the does, first yeah. few cars. Yep. Yeah. And it derails. So, he he hits it enough to where it derails. So he sneaks onto the train and he captures Sean Beam and Famka, or he holds them at gunpoint at least. But he, then he ends up surrendering uh, because Oromov has uh, Natalia. Uh, and then Oromov gets killed off pretty unceremoniously. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't needed anymore. <laughs> um, so they get locked in the train. Uh, and then there's some more like not really understanding how computers work because she's like, I'm gonna track Boris and figure out where they're at. Uh, and they get out of they get out of the train uh, right before Joe. it blows up. Oh yeah, go ahead, Joe. I don't know if you realize this, but trains that are in mountain tunnels <laughs> absolutely have internet access in Russia. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just something they have going on there. I it's just uh, you know it's what they have. I don't I, know. They had wireless you. Google Fiber long before everybody else did. <laughs> I also have a note about how much Sean Beam loves uh, helicopters in this movie because he has like another helicopter inside the train that they take off in. Um, but uh, but yeah, so they they escape. Uh, they figure out that they're in Cuba and they escape from the train right as it blows up. Uh, okay, they go to Cuba. Uh, they meet up with Joe Don Baker again. Uh, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. I, and I, it's funny because. I got confused when I was taking notes, and I just got confused reading my notes. They're not in Cuba yet. They're they're somewhere close to Cuba, and they meet up with Jonah Baker, and he gives them a plane so they could fly into Cuba. Right. Yeah, and and th- that's the one scene with the car, and that is when he uh, that's when he gives them the keys. And he's I'm just gonna go bombing around it because he's like, don't hit any of the buttons because it's got Stinger missiles. <laughs> so I don't know why they had to transport the car all the way over there. I don't get that. I, uh, if I had to wager a guess, I, uh, James Bond is probably just an ass. And when they're like, you know, like, oh, are you just gonna rent a car over there? He was like, oh no, I'm gonna trans spend the money to transport this. And they're like, are you sure? And he was like, oh yeah, I don't care. So this is just a side note because, uh, and I'm gonna try and do this fast. But one of apparently the plot points because if they had made the third Dalt movie, they wanted to give it more of a lighter tone. You know, they were trying to get it more like Roger Moore-ish. and they say that one of like the plot points is that like it kind of like to go on and later they would use, but like they kind of thought like the double O program being kind of like a relic, you know, and, and trying to phase it out and they thought it was too expensive. So they weren't giving it like, they gave him like a really like shitty car. It was like a Honda Civic or something to drive. <laughs> and like one of the plot points is that he like James refused to uh, drive it. So he would just kept like renting really expensive cars everywhere he was, you know, like Lamborghinis <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, he did almost have a falling out with MI6 in the previous movie. Maybe he's just purposely racking up, racking up the budget because he's just like, oh, fuck these guys. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, so he gives them the plane so they could fly into Cuba. They go uh, to the bone zone, uh, him and Natalia. Um, their plane gets shot down in Cuba. 
Um, then Fomka Jansen shows up and, and starts beating up Bond, tries to get him in her killer thighs again. Um, but like she like, wait, how does she get killed again? She jumps down. She's uh, still connected. She jumps the, down. She's got a tether on her connected to the, to the helicopter that dropped her. Yeah. Um, she unhooks it to start fighting Bond. Bond gets a hold of it and well, he connects, shoots down the helicopter. He connects her back up, then shoots the helicopter. The helicopter starts to fly away and then eventually crashes and she gets wedged in a tree. In between two branches. Do you remember what his one-liner is? I got it here. She always did enjoy a good squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> and like the whole thing is like they can't find the dish because um, so they ran away the, with the spoon. That was the biggest issue. Womp womp. Because womp. like the, Sorry, they want to use they want to use the golden eye, the golden game gear. They're gonna fire an <laughs> they're gonna fire a um, EMP. They're gonna fire it at at London. That's like his big. But also like it's kind of like twofold because I feel like they throw in at the last minute like he wants revenge, but also they're gonna like digitally rob the Bank of England. And then they're going to fire the golden eye so they can't trace who stole the money. But I feel like that was kind of like pigeonholed in at the end. Yes. Um, I mean, kind of, but he is t- like, you know, to Giannis's credit, he is a like criminal, you know, a, like the head of a criminal organization. It's like, I can't imagine that he'd be able to pay all those grunts if he wasn't robbing countries blind. Right. That's true. That's fair. Um, so yeah, so they were, they were looking for the satellite dish, but it was, um, it was hidden underwater. So it raises up out of the water. Uh, Bond gets captured, uh, cause they, they sneak in, uh, and Bond gets captured. And while he gets captured, uh, Natalia's doing some computer shit. Um, <laughs> and then she slaps Boris around when she gets found out. Uh, but basically my understanding is that she changed the direction of the GoldenEye satellite, so now instead of like going where it's supposed to go, it's basically crashing back down to Earth, right? Yes, she made it enter a decaying orbit so that it would burn up in, in space, burn up in orbit, or in right. re-entry. And so this whole time, uh, uh, Boris, this is the part you're talking about, Boris has got his hands on Bond's pen and he keeps like clicking it, and he keeps clicking it a bunch, um, but eventually it does go Which, off. by the way, <laughs> Why would he waste time typing with one hand and clicking a pen with the other? Oh, uh, why? Because he's so fucking annoying. Oh, he's, oh, I, he's I was gonna say it's because character. he's invincible. I hate I'm invincible. so much. I hate I and I don't hate Alan Cumming. I hate this character specifically and everything that has to do with this character. Well, I mean, let's face it. He's he's gross. He's misogynistic. He's a miserable traitor. Like, there's he's just a giant weasel character. Well, then, not, the writing, I think, for him is bad too. Ah, uh, yeah, it doesn't help. Um, but anyway, well, he's using one hand to type. Well, don't worry because uh, I like. Uh, never mind. You know what? I'll I'll cover it here in a second. Um, so the pen the pen grenade goes off. The whole place starts blowing up. Uh, Bond goes up to to jack up the satellite, um, which he does. Uh, him in Trevelyan fight. Uh, I like how it ends up like, I, and maybe it's just me, but I got such major vibes from the end when he's like, it, of like the end of Empire Strikes Back, where yeah. he's on like that little thing, <laughs> yeah. like he's like he's like Luke Skywalker. Um, uh, so so he ends up. Uh, Sean Bean falls. He, he uh, wait. How he's does he no, fall James off? is holding on to him. 
Yeah, he, he they're fighting. Uh, James uh, kicks him or whatever. He's about to fall off, and James grabs him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he says, for England? And James says, no, for me. And he yeah. drops him. <laughs> yes, and he falls so far, hits this satellite dish, is still alive somehow, enough for when the whole dish comes down that he screams when it falls on top yeah it was a real way to go it was a real uh sam raimi-esque shot too it was so ridiculous i was like wait he's alive also boris dies because for some reason inside the facility there's a lot of canisters of liquid nitrogen (laughs) yep because you have that around you know (laughs) and he gets covered in liquid nitrogen when he's like so excited he's like when you're a uh, super villain in the bond universe uh, you have giant tanks filled with piranhas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have uh, giant tanks of uh, liquid nitrogen. And you have giant satellites that can fall on you when you die. <laughs> it's just what you do as a villain. Um, but yeah, so then uh, uh, then Jodan Baker's there with the Marines, like he said he was going to be if James needed help. Uh, and they uh, all get in a helicopter and fly off. And that is the end. It's a very sappy, like, ending song, too. Oh, Jeez. yeah. Could you sing it for us, LBJ? Nope, not going to happen. <laughs> not gonna, is it a 7-Up Tallboy? <laughs> it is. Sorry, Joe's drinking a Tallboy of 7-Up. Is, uh, is that a uh, uh, reference to the end of Goldeneye? 7-Up? Yeah. So, if you guys recall, uh, after the satellite... James then goes on to fight Baron Semity in a right. pyramid. And Baron Semity is Jeffrey Holder, who did seven up commercials in the 70s. Yes, that was the that was the exact reference I was making. I thought it was. Deep cut, not, guys. Deep cut. Not not because I uh went to the Dollar Tree next to my gym tonight and I was like, ooh, I could go for a pop to drink. I hope they have Coke Zero, and they didn't. I was like, seven up. <laughs> crisp refreshing flavor of seven up yeah, make seven up yours um, marvelous flavor well, did, you, did, you, did you guys did you guys ever cover the seven up like spot game on legend of retro Shit, yeah we did all yeah. we did was talk about jeffrey holder <laughs> oh man to go back and listen to it. a little early for uh, plugs but highly recommend it it might be one of our best episodes if i'm going to shout out anything in this episode it's gonna watch the legend of retro episode on cool spot oh man i'm gonna definitely check that out um that's fine too uh lbj do you have any role reversals i do and some of them are kind of wild um okay so for, for natalia uh they originally had auditioned angie everhart who uh, I don't know if you remember, supermodel at the time, redhead, tall. I think yeah. she would have oh. been. A, a, I don't know if she would have been good at acting or not, but um, I would have liked her better than the person they got. Uh, <laughs> for for Xenia on the top, it was originally going to be Courtney Cox, but oh. she, but she was in the middle of filming Friends and couldn't do it. Like Friends had just started. Uh, for Alec Trevelyan. They originally were going to go with him as an older sort of um, 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 mentor for James. It was going to be Anthony Hopkins or Alan Rickman. Oh, either would have been phenomenal. I think Rickman would have been real good. Uh, 
for Bond, um, there's a lot. Like th- this, this search for a new Bond um, kind of took them all over the place. They had actually offered the role to Hugh Grant, Liam Neeson, and Mel Gibson. And all three turned it down. Thank God Mel Gibson turned uh-huh. it down. Right. They also uh, interviewed uh, Ralph Fiennes, who went on to play M in yeah. uh, some of the other Bond movies, Paul McGann, former uh, Doctor Who, and uh, Sam Neill, who I feel I, like Sam Neill could have worked. I remember Sam Neill. I think you, if you look online, you can find like some of the, like the the footage screen of his test. like auditions, yeah, screen tests and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yep, uh, that's it. That's all I had. But that Mel Gibson one. That's wild. Bonkers. And Mel Gibson was recommended by Anthony Hopkins. Huh. Anthony Hopkins, shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> yeah, for real. You miserable cannibal. Go go make Transformers 5. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, the it one, doesn't matter. The, the one where they're like, yeah, Transformers obviously fought with King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. Um, the Last Knight, that's what it's called. Um, Ugh. Anything else specifically you want to mention, or should we just get into ratings? Uh, I mean, I think we we. I mean, we've obviously mentioned the video game quite a bit, but <laughs> I mean, I think we do, wait. There was a video game. Yeah, no, I think we do need to. I, I'm not going to call this a crossover episode, but uh, I think we do need to discuss it a little bit more. Um, not <clears throat> not just because it might be the greatest like movie adapted video game of all time, um, but also because it sort of revolutionized. Uh, first-person shooters and multiplayer games on a home console, like yeah, it was a big deal. Uh, oh yeah, not just the fact that it was a video game or, or a movie video game, but it was a hugely important game in gaming in general. Uh, well, go ahead before uh, GoldenEye, the first-person shooter style we had was Doom and yeah. Doom clones, and so we went from. Uh, first-person shooters that were almost predominantly on PCs uh, and were, you know, like getting some, like, kind of low-quality ports on, like, Super Nintendo, you know, and, and PlayStation eventually got, you know, uh, a hey, good Doom I had it on 32X, guys. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's another bad one. Uh, but, yeah, you're, you're right. Like, the the uh, that transition into the uh, console first-person shooter is... I mean, I'm not. I can't say that it, it wouldn't have happened without GoldenEye, but certainly GoldenEye 007 was a trailblazer for for that genre. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, we played it constantly. Mm-hmm. I know you had Joe. You were up at CMU at the time. Um, I remember you telling me like people were playing it all the time, like to to all hours of the night. We also used to play a lot of Perfect Dark, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Perfect Dark is uh, a better multiplayer. Uh, yeah, yeah, because in Perfect Dark, you could put in like computer, like you could like make, you could be like, be like computer players. You could put Meet in Sims. Yeah, and it had that, it had that, uh, that X-ray gun too, where you could shoot through the walls. The Far Sight. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I remember so much about this? Did you do an show? episode? Did you do a, a Legend of Retro on uh, Perfect Dark? Uh, I'm sure you did. Uh oh, probably, uh, probably right. Like I had to have. Yeah. It's been a long time, guys. I haven't been podcasting in a bit. Craig's like, I don't know. I did a bunch of uh, episodes that never made it to the air. He would just sit by himself and talk about. <laughs> Craig, you know we're not recording this one. Yeah, it's just for me. 
Uh, I'm going to level with you guys. They'd have been better episodes wow. than, than the ones where I was with my co-hosts. Wow. Take <laughs> Just throw it out there. Take your digs at the Legend of Retro Crew. God, do you know how many damn episodes I was on on that show? Like, the others all combined might not have touched the amount of episodes I was on. It was absurd. That's fair. It was absurd. That's actually a complete blatant lie, but, but, you know, whatever. Sure. They're not here to defend themselves. We're all, hey, listen. Yeah, we're always looking. We're always. We're always looking to reignite our feud with the Legend of Retro. So, I mean, yeah. if you want to switch teams and feud on yeah, our if side. if you want to be our Alex Trevelyan, come on. <laughs> I'm going to uh, uh, absolutely heel turn and uh, be there, Giannis. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, I got nothing else I want to add. Anybody else? No, I, I'm ready to, I'm ready to rate Let's it. Let's hit the uh, rating. Yeah. Is this when the machine gun goes? Is the machine gun going now? Or did you hit the button now? Uh, oh, it's going now. It's, uh, <laughs> God damn it. Every time. You bastard. Craig, do you want to go first, second, third? I don't. Whatever. I'll go first. Sure. I. Uh, man, I. Uh, Goldeneye's probably like four and a half out of five machine guns, right? Like, it's solid. It's great. It's fun. It's. I. Uh, I. Uh, uh, it's like you know the, when you think of James Bond, you think of like the the you only live twice volcano based type stuff. You know that's kind of the quintessential what everyone thinks of with uh, James Bond stuff. But this hits all of those great moments that a Bond movie needs. I uh, you know the cast is fun. You know with a few uh, you know hiccups here and there. Uh, uh, you know for the most part, it's it's just all around great. And uh, yeah, like we had never seen a, a rogue MI six agent before. What a what a great fucking idea! Four four point five out of five. <laughs> uh, OBJ, why don't you go? Uh, yeah, I like this movie a lot. As far as the Bond ones go, this is definitely one of my favorite. Um, and it is. It's just such a part of like my generation of people. You know what I mean? Because of the video game, because this was the first Bond a lot of us saw in theaters, uh, and it was really good. Um, yeah, I'll go. I'm not. Do I want to go four? I'll go four machine guns with this, uh, just because I think there are technically better movies, movies that I like better. But as far as the Bond ones go, this is up there. This is probably top five of Bond movies for me. Um, but I'll go. I'll go four machine guns with this one. Um. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I think if you if you were to go into the archives and dig out our list of like best Bond movies, we'd all have Goldeneye on there. And and it's easily a top five. It might be a top three, to be honest it with you. It's, be, re- yeah. it's really good. It really holds up. Um, and, and like I said, I haven't sat down and watched the whole thing in a while, but like it has a great cold open. There's a lot of good action sequences. It's easily the best Pierce Brosnan Bond movie. I think it's the best he portrays Bond in it. I like. I always kind of like the harder edge Bond. You know, not that he's like Timothy Dalton, Daniel Craig in this, but he definitely, as opposed to a lot of his other movies, has a harder edge as Bond in this. Um, yeah, it's just really good. Uh, and I and I think it would be a good uh, if you were if I was talking to someone who is like had not seen any bond movies this might be even though it maybe isn't my favorite this might be the one that i'd say like watch this one as an introduction point 
I can see just that. Be, just yeah. because I, I think it's like it does a good job of establishing everything. But I but I think you know just uh, I don't know I don't, I don't even know anymore. I just throw out ratings. Uh, <laughs> just rate too many movies on this podcast. Uh, I'll go with I'll go with uh, 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 LBJ though. I'll give it four machine guns. And I could see on a different day maybe me giving it more too. It's just I always. I'd be like, well, what did I, what did I give this to? Like, I, I don't remember. Like, I, I don't remember any ratings I gave to anything else on this show. So, I'll give it four machine guns. So, it's, re- it's really good. It's, it, it, it really holds up, and it kind of just makes me sad that all the other Pierce Brosnan bonds are kind of turds, in my opinion, yeah. and that this one is so good. You know, it's not even like this one's like, oh, this one's okay and whatever. But it's like this one literally is one of the best Bond movies, and then the rest are progressively more stinkers in my book. Agreed. Uh, sweet. Craig, anything you want to plug? Uh, that that 7-Up Cool Spot episode <laughs> of Legend of Retro, the uh, GoldenEye 007 uh, episode of uh, Legend of Retro. Uh, those are uh, two pretty big ones. Uh, you know, uh, Aside from that, though, uh, I, I actually uh, uh, was talking with uh, uh, Danielle uh, recently, uh, the, the glitch's wife, and uh, she was on season three of Noobs and Dragons, and she was apparently telling like coworkers who like because they were into D and D or whatever, and so she said she's like, oh well, there's this podcast, and one of them was like, oh, I I really like that podcast or whatever, and so I thought, man, there's still motherfuckers going out <laughs> and listening to Noobs and Dragons. Yeah. Goddamn. Yep. Goddamn. So uh, you can also join in on that. Uh, in season two of Noobs and Dragons, uh, LPJ uh, is joined by Sphinx, who we lost in that chemical weapon plan, <laughs> uh, as well as uh, Macrick, uh, who who does uh, stuff on YouTube these days. He was, uh, he's been, he was on, on our show recently. He was on our Mortal Kombat episode just recently. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. Uh, yeah, Macrick on stage. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, season two of Noobs and Dragons has them, but uh, you can always start from the beginning and just soak it all in. Yep, it's did, good. Did you, it's a good listen. Did, did you want to complete your uh, plugs of your trifecta of dead podcasts? Oh, uh, sure. Why not? Noiseland Arcade. It was. Uh, we <laughs> talked about the Simpsons. It ended way too soon. Uh, <laughs> arguably, it was the best show structurally on the network. But you know, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> That's fair. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm obviously I'm gonna plug the MC Key, MC Kids episode from uh, Legend of Retro because it's a classic. And it somewhere Xander be, just uh, got a nosebleed and he's like, ah, LPJ. Yeah, it it might be the finest forty minutes of recorded record of recording ever done on this network. <laughs> it might be. It, it I might know. Be. I wasn't involved in the slightest, so it hurts me to say it, but it might be the best thing you can listen to on the network. It might be. It was. It's a. Oh God! It's it's so good. Uh, I'm I'm vain, so I'll plug. If we're just plugging Legends of Retro episode, I'll plug the episode I was on when we talked about Alex Kidd in Miracle World. Oh, uh, that was good. Because I still love that game, and it still blows my mind to find out that that game was originally developed as like a Dragon Ball game. Yeah. But then they lost the license, and like now it's like. Oh yeah, makes like everything about it makes sense, and it was like uh, the bare the bones of it were a Dragon Ball game, but I did not know until that episode. So uh, that was pretty fascinating. So it was yeah that that was a a a, a episode that was a, a lot of fun to do anyway. But just like all of the weird history behind that game is just super interesting. Also, you guys are doing one of your music tournaments 
uh, and I got to listen to the clips, and I still sometimes uh, will just listen to Proto Man's theme because I think it's really, I think it's really deep, and I really like it. Um, so phenomenal theme. Uh, if we're if we're gonna for the last thing we do, plug video game music though. The the satellite uh, cradle in uh, GoldenEye is the best theme in that game, and it's better than any of the music in the movie. <laughs> You're right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, Joe, what do you want to plug? Tubi? Um, Tubi. Uh, Pluto TV. Uh, this movie was not on either of them, but, you know, they're still great. Uh, I, You know, one thing I want to plug, uh, and, and I, it, you know, it's kind of uh, relevant because we're here talking about James Bond is, uh, I, I just saw it, which came out today, that on Amazon they have that, like, James Bond-themed, like, game show. Like, oh, that reality themed. show? Yeah, it's like a reality show, yeah. And it's like, uh, it's kind of seems like it's like it got, like, an amazing race kind of vibe, but it's called, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> bad plug. I'm a level with you, Joe. It doesn't matter what it's called. <laughs> it's called Amazon paid a lot of money for like the James Bond stuff, so they're like, how can we like milk some of this because we can't make movies all the time. 100%. Um, but I just uh-huh. thought it, I just thought it was interesting that it was like I saw it came out today and was like, oh, we're talking about a Bond movie tonight. But uh, maybe I shouldn't plug it because it might be dog shit. So don't don't go watch probably it. Probably going to be dog shit. <laughs> Speaking of Amazon and Bond movies, has there been any progress made on a new Bond movie yet? I don't think so. I mean, uh, my buddy Andy had uh, texted me a uh, link to an article uh, maybe a few months ago now uh, where it was talking about like potential actors for Bond. Uh, but they're perpetually like, hinting at the fact that like oh maybe they have an idea and then they you know are like oh well we don't know for sure we can't reveal anything and uh it's it's articles about that and it's articles about bond going woke and like <laughs> you know how how people are upset about that and really the the studios aren't making bond go woke they're just toying with the idea to to just drum up people to talk about you know fucking movies sure all right fair enough so I don't think there's much. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, now that now that the like the writers strike and the actors strike are over, maybe there'll be some traction on it. But yeah, no, I, it it had. I mean, but I mean, they're basically have to do a soft re, not a soft. They have to do a reboot, new actor, mm-hmm. new everything. You know, when we talked about it before, I hope they go with a, you know, let's not say Roger Moore tone, but I do hope they go with a less serious, gritty. I hope they put a little more fun back in Bond. Uh, you uh you don't want uh uh Batman the Dark Knight over and over again <laughs> as James Bond. Here's something I would like to say though. I, I would like to know because you know inevitably we're gonna do another <laughs> Bond movie. Uh, but I'd like I'd like to hear from the Discord like you know what's a Bond movie? What what would you like us to cover? Because there's so many. Yeah. Like, we've done you know I mean uh, probably less than ten, maybe like I don't know how many we've done. Um, but we have, there's so many we haven't done, but it's so hard to pick, you know? Well, we've done uh, some of the best, like Die Another Day, <laughs> Moonraker. Uh, Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Uh, Thunderball. Goldfinger. Goldfinger. I can just give you the list. Hold on. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> All right. That, so we've that's even done better. <clears throat> Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've done... Thunderball. Die Another Day. Die Another Day. Uh, uh, spy who dumped me. That's not right. Um, Moonraker. Yeah. 
I'm going through the list of all the movies we've done. Oh, Casino so, Royale. Yeah. Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Yep. Yeah. And then I think this one. Oh, and we did that fucking that so one we've that done, we've done the Living Daylights. Oh yeah, the Living Daylights. Living Daylights. And didn't we do uh uh Never Say Never? Yes, yep. Never Say Never Again, yeah. Mm-hmm. So just shy of ten. We're at nine. Yeah. But there's so many to there's so many to pick from. That's what I'm saying is like hit us up in the Discord and let us know because I mean we're open to pretty much covering any of them and we've covered one by every bond actor at this point. So we could just cover one of the ones we did already and just do it again even. Like <laughs> what like what there's no way we won't be able to talk about it. Yeah, I, I and I tend to like I like to enjoy talking about the bad ones. So like I'll probably be pushing to be like, yeah, let's do View to a Kill next. <laughs> I don't I don't hate View to a Kill. I well, you know what? The, the, ever I just heard that this podcast is ended. It's over. I'm <laughs> not this episode. The podcast. I it's, can't do it with so a guy. I can't bad. do it with a man who thinks that a View to a Kill is not a Bond bad Bond movie. Oh no, I'm not saying it's not bad. I'm just saying I I don't dislike it. All right. Well, anyways, it's got a good theme song. But anyways, yeah, let let us know on Discord. Like, hey, what should we do for the next Bond movie? You know, it's not going to be like next week, but you know, it, it will try and make it less of a gap than between this and last time we did one because I think it's been quite a bit. So, yep. Uh, yeah. So join us on Discord. Let us know. Uh, there you go. Plug Discord. Uh, Craig, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks. As always, we're Any... contractually obligated. Yeah. I. Uh... I, uh, as you can tell from me being in my pajamas, I actually uh, wasn't going to be on this episode, and suddenly the screen popped up, and I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" And I jumped into the chair, uh, which is which is disturbing, uh, considering what you wear for pajamas. Is it the bunny uh, outfit? Is that what's uh, throwing you off? It's the bunny outfit combined with all the leather. <laughs> That's the weird part. I'm just surprised the blood isn't giving you red, uh, you know, red flags. Well, give, give him why, a break. Why do you have? What's the ass flap for? What's give the a, flap on the back of your? Hey, pants listen, he's he's got to film himself for his Pornhub channel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I likes. He's gonna get those Pornhub likes. I I need them Pornhub likes, guys. <laughs> I need them. I I only can get. I was going to say something really terrible. You know what? Maybe we should just end this episode. I think it's probably a better idea. All right. This episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. I can only get hard if I'm snapping people's necks. But we'll be back.